0: questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Was.
1: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to VOC 91.3 FM. I'm Hawa Solomon. And uh, Questions and Answers is the name of the show. We will be uh, broadcasting right up until our Maghrib Adhan, inshallah, which will be at 1846 this evening. It's a bit of a shortened version of Questions and Answers, but we will nonetheless get through your questions. Shukran for your patience. Uh, Apologies for last week. We took a bit of a break because of the festival, but the show continues this week, every Saturday between 6 and 7. Remember, if there are any requests for um, repeated shows or shows that you have missed, maybe you've sent through a question or you heard a question. Question and you said to someone, listen, there was a good answer. Please do request it from our reception, either Zayru Nisa or Yasmina Peterson, our uh, producer of the show. And inshallah, you can download it on iono.fm where you have internet and listen to it a little bit later on when you don't have internet and you have it saved. Inshallah. But to welcome back in studio is our esteemed Sheikh Ibrahim. Was. salamu Sheikh.
0: Wa alaikum salam, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing today? Very uh, well. How-
1: Alhamdulillah. Shukran, Sheikh. So um, we've got Got lots of questions. I hope the family and everybody is well. Uh, Alhamdulillah, right
0: well. I can't complain.
1: Yes. So we continue, Sheikh. Assalamualaikum. The first one says, Sheikh I would like to know if Sheikh can go into depth on what happens to the soul when he tastes death. From the time it lays on the cartel to the grave. I do remember a question, Sheikh, where um, we asked about the janazah, the etiquette, and Sheikh mentioned that, you know, doing a show and a question around janazah and the death. So, inshallah, we will try to encompass as much as possible in this, <laughs> in this answer, Sheikh,
0: inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, Yes, indeed uh, Obviously a question that is uh, a very intriguing one And it's something that perhaps we uh, are all thinking about And wondering about And uh, what we should obviously realize is that uh, We can only speak uh, of what has uh, uh, reached us You know, in terms of the texts uh, Either Mm. Quran or Hadith It's not something that uh, obviously can be figured out by ourselves, etc Because it is part of the ghaib, you know It is part of the unseen Mm. And uh, so uh, there are uh, a couple of uh, hadith that speaks about uh, some issues relating to uh, when a person dies and how exactly uh, Malakul Maut comes you know, and approaches this person, etc. So one hadith appears in the book of Imam Ahmad uh, in his Musnad um, on the authority of Al-Bara ibn Azib. He says that the Prophet wasallam said the following, and I'm just going to summarize, it's quite a lengthy hadith, but the Prophet wasallam had said that if a person was a believing servant of Allah, and he strived his entire life to be connected to the Akhirah, to be connected to allah to be connected to the year after and not really to be too much attached to the dunya then at the time when his his soul is going to depart uh, the angels come from the sama and they have the most beautiful of faces you know he sees the most beautiful of faces you know uh, illuminated and bright faces comes to him Uh, obviously the angels uh, in fact the hadith is that the faces look as if it is the sun. That is how bright it is. Okay. and That is how he sees it. And uh, then the Hadith goes to say, and with them, and this is interesting, they carry with them their own cuff, kaf- directly from Jannah. And it is fragranced, uh, you know, also with some fragrance of Jannah. And they then sit uh, next to this person. And then Malakul maut obviously comes, who is the m- the main uh, angel, who has been appointed to actually pull the ruh. And, uh, you know, because this was a good person. And he says, he, he says to the soul, O oh soul that is the good soul, a good soul, come out, exit from this body towards the forgiveness of Allah and the satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he does it very gently and the Hadith then continues and says that they then take this person's soul and they actually wrap it in the scuffan. That was brought from Jannah. And they travel with the soul towards the Sama, towards the sky. So in other words, what we know for sure is that the soul actually leaves the body. So you have the body, the corpse, which is on the cartel. But you have the ruh, which have now exited the body. Right. And as they travel with this ruh, Obviously, and uh, that
1: is ex- at the exact time of day. At
0: the time, uh, yes, when the, okay. when the Ruh was pulled and uh, uh, they, they had shrouded it with a skafan. Yeah. They then take it up. In, and that's why we often hear the imam makes a dua at the maid and he often says, This is a, a common dua that imams mm. make. It means oh, Allah opened the sama for his ruh to come through. Because if it goes through the sama, uh, by the angels it means it was a good person mm. You know, it's a ruh that is uh, You know, happy to meet Allah And the angels are happy to take this ruh to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And then it says here uh, That they they pass by a number of other angels as well On mm. their way And each time they pass they, the, the other angels ask, who is this? And they say, Fulan ibn Fulan This is such and such a person The son or daughter of such and such a person mm. And they call him by the most beloved names That he used to like in this dunya uh, and uh, in other words They boast you know That this is a good person And they, they take this ruh Until they finally come to a point Where uh, you know uh, They come to the highest point Where they will be Obviously uh, 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 presenting this ruh To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. And then this ahadith That say uh, at that point uh, You know uh, there is again The malaika That the ruh back to the body At the time when the body Is about to enter the qabr and the reason for that is obviously that uh, a person who is now in his grave is going to be questioned. Hmm. And the question takes place uh, around the body and the ruh together. So it's if the ruh goes back into the body, uh, the hadith is, فَتُعَادُ رُوحُهُ فِي جَسَدِهِ فَيَأْتِيهِ مَلَكَانِ And then of course the ruh and the body is questioned. The angels come and they sit him up. And they actually sit next to him, ask him all these pertinent questions. Who is your Lord? Who is the Prophet? What is your book? Etc. Uh, something which we are quite familiar with. Mm-hmm. So obviously the the, uh, I mean the the hadith shows that, uh, and, and of course I didn't quote the second part of the hadith. So the second part of the hadith shows if it was not a good person. What mm-hmm. what happens then, you know? His ruh doesn't go to the sama; His ruh gets suspended. And the, the malaika, they appear with the most uh, horrifying faces. Mm-hmm. And it's a very difficult sight for this person. So yeah, this person who had passed away, he obviously sees all of this. Although he, he passed away, the ruh is able to perceive all of these things, right? Uh, and it's exactly the opposite to this one that we just said now. You know, if it is us, who is this person? They say this is the worst of people, the son of the worst of people, mm-hmm. and they give titles of, of uh, very, very bad titles to this person because of what it is. So, obviously, important for us is to live a good life, you know, so that our soul can travel through the sama in that way, in a beautiful way, taken to mm-hmm. Allah Ta'ala. In that most we know the ayah of the Quran where Allah says, mm-hmm. You know, the best way that you can return to Allah is. Mordiya okay, yeah. where you are satisfied, and Allah is satisfied with you, you know. Uh, and then Allah Taala says, ibadi mm-hmm. Enter amongst my slaves. Enter into Jannah. So this is something that we need to obviously work on. And as I said, there's many ahadith, uh, but uh, uh, inshallah hopefully that gives us some idea uh, of the process that happens. Mm-hmm. The soul that uh, the soul that exits the body, and that is treated with a gentleness if it was a good person. And an extra a beautiful coffin that is shrouded around the soul. So just as the body is being coffined, the, the soul is also coffined, mm. And it is presented to Allah Taala in that most beautiful fashion. And the soul then gets returned to the body at the time of questioning according to uh, the hadith uh, that is mentioned here. As well as other narrations in the book of Ibn Majah etc. There are some other narrations uh, of this as well. Uh, inshallah, Allah gives us the understanding, and Allah Taala gives us the opportunity to at least, you know, uh, be of those souls that will be presented to Allah in that beautiful way that was discussed in this hadith.
1: Shazakallah Sheikh for that uh, info and they just took up the entire segment inshallah, mashallah. We should just have a, a show, a series on this, the barzakh, uh, the souls, whatever information and hadiths are available to us inshallah, but more to explore on Voice of the Cape. We'll uh, continue with uh, more questions on uh, questions and answers just after this, so do stay with us.
0: Questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim was
1: Welcome back. Assalamu Alaikum. A very good evening and we continue with questions and answers on 47913. That's our SMS line. Please, if you are sending WhatsApps, it's not going to be read um, in the shows to follow. It might get lost in the system and only done much later. So SMS us preferably. Um, also our fax line as well. And then you can contact our producer on uh, 0214423500 during office hours. So Sheikh Ibrahim was the next one reads, assalamualaikum. alaikum. I would like to know how the Prophet ﷺ cheated all his wives, as well as the are there hadiths? Are uh, hadiths on how one should be intimate with your spouse?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, the The Prophet ﷺ was not a man of uh, words only. Uh, he didn't only instruct, you know, the companions and his friends to do good things, but he himself lived those things as well you would never preach anything unless he was the first one to to actually practice that which he is preaching. And one of the things that we know the Prophet ﷺ definitely you know, was very keen about is to tell us how to live with our wives and to be kind to them, etc. In the hadith that is well known, the Prophet ﷺ had said The best of you are those who are the best towards his wife and I am the best towards my wife. And the hadith is in the book of Imam at tirmidhi So the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to be good to our wives, to be kind to them, to show compassion to them, to have mercy towards them, etc. So uh, in action or in, in, in a practical form, we find that the Prophet Ali used to be that loving husband that used to support his wives, that used to stand by them, that used to console them, that used to uh, take into consideration the circumstances that they were in, and he would act appropriately in those particular circumstances. And just to give a couple of examples, uh, there was one of his wives, uh, obviously her name was Sophia, uh, and, and 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 she was uh, one of those wives that the other wives sometimes frowned upon, in the sense that uh, her origin was actually a, a Jewish ori- origin. You know, her forefathers and ancestors, they are actually from, from Jewish uh, origin. So they used to say this to her, and she used to feel hurt, you know that uh, they are telling her this. And she came to the Prophet ﷺ and at one stage the hadith uh, that mentions this is quoted by Imam tirmidhi as well. Uh, She said that she came to the Prophet ﷺ and came to complain by him, you know, and she felt uh, very sad and in fact it says that uh, she was crying, uh, saying that uh, some of the wives is saying to her that she's of Jewish origin, etc. And the Nabi ﷺ actually consoled her. He sat with her. You know, and um, he said to her, you know, if they tell you again that you are from Jewish origin, just tell them that, yes, you are from Jewish origin, but you are uh, of the ancestors of the prophets, you know, of Bani Israel. You know, that your, your ancestors are prophets, uh, and that is traced to some of the Anbiya, and he says also, not only are your ancestors from the prophets, but you are married to a prophet as well. The other wives, of course, they are married to the Prophet ﷺ, but they don't have ancestors that are prophets. So it's if the Nabi wanted to tell her, if they mock at you again, just tell them that your ancestors, yes, they are Jewish, but they are from Bani Israel, from the prophets of Bani Israel. And so you have a unique privilege where you are married to a prophet and your lineage also comes from the Prophets of Bani Israel. And this is with Hikmah how the Prophet consoled her and the Prophet in fact reprimanded those other wives that used to remind her of this particular aspect. Um, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha for example explains that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to be very active in his home. You know, he used to help his wives. He used to sweep. He used to uh, mend his own clothing. He used to fix his own sandals. He used to do these things in assistance to his wives. Uh, we find that if you, if you want to talk about romance for example, you know, you think about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's obviously a Nabi, he's a leader, he's a father, and he's the Allah's most beloved. But yet he had romance. You know, he was a very extremely romantic person with his wives. And one such incident is mentioned in the book of Imam al Nasai, on the authority of Aisha radiallahu anha. She says, Kuntu Sallallahu alaihi Wasallam He says, she says, Sayyidah Aisha says, Sometimes I used to drink from a vessel. From a container And after I had completed I would give it to the Prophet ﷺ To drink And what the Prophet Would then do is He would move the cup Or he would move the vessel In such a way Where he places his lips On the exact same spot Where the lips of Aisha was I mean it's, it's, it's really romantic you know, To show that I want to drink From the exact same place Where you drank from uh, and uh, it says here Also I would suck on a bone sometimes You know eat a meat or uh, suck on a bone And the Prophet would take that bone And also want to put put his mouth on that same place It shows that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Was extremely uh, you know, passionate and compassionate towards his wives And uh, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam uh, you know, believe it or not, he used to walk with Sayyidah Aisha and take strolls with her and walk with her. We know the, the, there's a riwayah that says he used to uh, take races with her as well mm-hmm. because she was obviously much, much younger than him. But the uh, riwayah in Bukhari says, Whenever night time used to approach, he used to take Aisha and they used to take a nice stroll. And used to speak to her, Mm. you know, to have a nice conversation with her whilst they are strolling at night time, just to, you know, show her that companionship. And uh, the Nabi used to praise his wives. So, you are asking a question which, if we begin to speak about it, is difficult to end to speak about how he treated his wives, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, there's so many ahadith, there's so many incidents. As I said, he's not a man that only spoke about these things, but he lived those things as mm. well. And so, Alhamdulillah, we are fortunate. And uh, with regards to the second question, yes, there are ahadith where the Prophet had given some advice as to how you should, uh, you know, approach intimacy and the du'as that, that you should make, you know, and, and how you should should allow for the mood to be correct, etc. There are incidents like that that can be uh, found in the books of Hadith as well. So again, a point that I've made, I think, on another show is that we are so lucky. The Prophet had given us guidance on everything that we can Mm. think of. There's nothing that is too small or insignificant except that the Prophet had given us guidance on it. And this question is uh, one that needs to be explored in great detail. The life of the Prophet with his wives how we uh, dealt with him, how we lived with him, how we was intimate with him. All of that can be found in the books of Ahadith, inshallah. Any references uh, uh, Yeah, of course, uh, the, the ones that I've quoted, Bukhari, Muslim, you know, it, specific, it slips my mind now. There are some specific books written on these topics as okay. well. Um, you know, But uh, also one of the, the most beautiful books that a person should always be reading if one want to know more about the life of the Prophet, a.s. Mm-hmm. is the book called Ash-Shama'il. Ash-Shama'il by Imam al-Tirmidhi. It is all the finer details of the life of the Prophet ﷺ in his home, with his family, etc., even his physical features, etc. So the shamail of Imam al-Tirmidhi, even this aspect of how he used to be with his family, etc., is also uh, well known uh, re, uh, to be recorded in books of this nature, uh, alhamdulillah.
1: Jazakallah, Shaykh. And with that, we need to take a short break. When we come back, more of your questions. Uh, someone wants to know what... Uh, available Is there um, to recite or say or do motivations just to lift one's spirits, a feeling down from time to time, um, and other Some Family Matters questions around there, inshallah, more after the short break. Please do stay tuned.
0: Questions and Answers with Sheikh Ibrahim was
1: Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back. Questions and Answers with Sheikh Ibrahim was uh, Remember that Sheikh also has regular classes in the week, I think at the evenings, at the Yusufiya Masjid in Weinberg. That is uh, the masjid located at the bus and taxi terminus. But you can call reception for more information 021 I'm Khawa Solomon. As we continue the show right up until Maghrib, inshallah, Sheikh, the next one is as follows. Uh, shukran for the program. Alaikum. I feel down a lot and I'd like to know what. What can I do to uplift my spirits for a day filled with motivation? Yeah,
0: um, I think uh, we all go through uh, these stages. Um, it is uh, quite common, you know, for us to feel. Uh, Differently each day We don't always have The same amount of enthusiasm Or the same amount of energy Or the same amount of positivity And these are human things You know that happens with us Human qualities That it fluctuates You know it goes up and down And so yes uh, We should at all times Try to do certain things To boost ourselves To boost our morale To boost our positivity Etc And for me always You know we start with the essentials The essentials is That you need to start your day On a positive note Mm-hmm. And for me, starting your day on a positive note means to start your day out with Salatul Fajr. Mm-hmm. You know, Salatul Fajr should never be missed. The Sunnah of Salatul Fajr as well as the Fart. There's a hadith that speaks about how virtuous the Sunnah of Salatul Fajr is. Where the Nabi says in the hadith, al Dunya The two Raka'as of Fajr, referring to the Sunnah Raka'as, is better than the whole dunya, the whole world and what is in it mm. you know? So imagine That is how you should be Starting your day Because it is only Allah That can uplift our spirits It is only Allah That can give us that motivation So obviously starting in His name Starting a day worshipping Him We will find And in fact there is a hadith in Bukhari That speaks about somebody Who wakes up for fajr And makes salah uh, In contrast to somebody Who doesn't do that mm. And what I find interesting In relation to this quest- question is This hadith says A person who does not wake up for fajr for example his mood for the entire day will be kaslan and nafs that means he will feel very lethargic mm. and and nafs means you will feel uh, in a very foul mood you will feel that he doesn't want to deal with anyone or deal with anything you know khabith means like really a bad he will be in a bad mood for mm. that day and that's interesting that the Prophet sallam is uh, correlating your fajr with that kind of With that kind of scenario Mm. Very often we think It's maybe our health Or it's maybe We didn't eat properly Or maybe It's not that It's your soul It's actually your Your spirituality That is suffering And that is why It affects your behavior As well So start with the essentials Make your fajr You know Make your du'as Make your dhikr
1: uh, if I could just add on, I did some scientific um, proofs on the times of solar and why, it, if you look at it deep, why, you know, at, at the time scientifically, what, what where the moon is at, where the sun, where the sky is at. And at the time of Fajr, apparently there's a blue type of a moon or the sky is in blue that releases energy. And when you put your head down on the floor, all those actions, you know, performing it in a certain way, releases certain energies in the, in the, in the earth around you. For you again. Yes, definitely. And one no. of the
0: things that I can also add to that is the fact that if you if you just look at the environment at the time of Fajr, oh, if you look at idea. our quiet, and not only the quiet, if you look at the clearness of the sky and the unpolluted skies, you know, mm. it's, it's as if there's a certain type of atmosphere. Yeah is only found at fajr Mm -hmm. because after that the the day starts and people cars and it's busy etc and it just seems that that clarity is not found Mm -hmm. afterwards (laughs) and i actually heard this from people you know Mm -hmm. some of the elderly they say when they walk for fajr in the morning to the masjid Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely amazing how the air that they breathe in you know allows them to have such a lot of energy for that day and allows Mm -hmm. them to be so positive and allows them to feel good to feel healthy You know, and this fits in with what you are saying. And so that is how we should start our day if we want to be motivated. And then, of course, another thing that you must also remember is that people around you can also affect your mood. Mm. People around you can also either motivate you or uh, actually uh, put your morale down. So Mm. try to be in the company of people that are positive, people that have a good outlook in life, people that are always willing to, to be around to assist others. You know, and this is another thing for you to assist people will bring a lot of satisfaction in your heart. It would lift your your morale quite a bit. You know, if you can do something small every day for someone else, maybe a homeless person, maybe a hungry person, you know, Mm. during your lunchtime, go out and just see if there's maybe somebody that you can just speak a kind word to. Subhanallah, even a kind word. The Prophet says, A kind word is sadaqah. It's as if you're giving charity for that day. You know, And so uh, I think these are things That you must uh, try and do And yes as I said it's normal You will you will have these feelings of going up and down It's normal but we try to do things To get back onto our feet mm-hmm. And all the, those things is the dhikr of Allah Remember Allah says mm-hmm. Through the remembrance of Allah The hearts will find contentment So during the day just make your dhikr And it doesn't have to be like fancy azkar, You know, mm-hmm. People think of us I have like a booklet And it must be like really fancy things no, sometimes it's just Subhanallah, you know. Subhanallah means glory be to Allah. It means Allah is free from all defects. Mm. That's why we mention Subhanallah when we see something fascinating. If we look at the birds, for example, how they fly and how they chirp and how they make beautiful sounds, Subhanallah. That alone it, it should put you in a positive space, you know. Just reflecting on how Allah had created this creature that is able to make those beautiful sounds, that are able to, you know, uh, fly and able to the the beauty of its colors, etc. So those are things that we need to reflect on and uh, inshallah we hope with these few words that hopefully we will be able Ameen. to to have positive days and to have positive energy around us and also to allow others to feel the same way
1: inshallah wa ta'ala. inshallah all the best to that individual and all that is feeling a bit low just say allah's name if you can't think of anything else we move on to our next question assalamu alaykum, me being the oldest child do i have any rights over my other siblings with matters like selling our family house or concerned? As I also want what's best for everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 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 older child normally, you know, uh, is seen uh, to be uh, the one that is the the most responsible or has the most responsibilities, at least. Um, so uh, uh, there are some uh, hadith, although uh, the authenticity of which had been questioned by some scholars, uh, where the hadith is al al ikhwati ab, that the the eldest of brothers are uh, almost like the almost like the one that fills the position of the father. You know, he has to look out uh, to his siblings and look after them, etc. Although, as I said, there's some questions around the authenticity. But we find a great scholar of hadith like Imam al-Munawi, for example, when he commented on this hadith, he actually said what this means is that the elders, you know, they deserve the ikram and the ihtiram, the the honor and uh, the respect. The same way that the father does you know or not the same but uh, almost to the extent that the father does and uh, so yes the the elders in the family has got that kind of responsibility however when it comes to the matter at hand that you are speaking about it's a matter of selling a house and uh, doing things that is going to affect uh, all your siblings uh, what i always say to people is do, do not act unilaterally don't do things by okay. yourself mm-hmm. you know always have consultation Always have meetings, roundtable meetings and allow everyone to express their views, you know, and come to some kind of consensus as to what can be, And be open to that. What I need to say is uh, you shouldn't take it that you are the elders and your decision is always just going to be the best one. Hmm. Not necessarily. You may actually hear some very good suggestions coming from your other siblings as well. So be open to that. Be open to the acceptance of advice from others, even if they are younger than you. Mm. And you'll find that in most cases, when this is your attitude and you have this open policy with your siblings, you'll find it is much easier to reach some kind of agreement. But if you act unilaterally, you are going to stir feelings. You are going to perhaps uh, be looked at as, as somebody that just wants to dictate and don't give anybody else a chance to talk or to give a view, to express his view or her view. And it, it causes uh, sometimes animosity, it causes enmity among siblings. So try your best. So you, you take yourself as a person who Allah has given that amana. Yes, you have to be the one that is going to keep your siblings together, you have to be the one that's going to act. And make sure that everything goes smoothly. But the methodology that you are going to use is one of shura, one of consultation. Because in consultation, there is always positive uh, outcomes. And the more you get the buy-in from them, the more you will be able to come to a decision that is satisfying everybody that is around that table. So, inshallah, we hope you are able to do that. And uh, may the matters of your home, etc., be settled in an amicable way that is pleasing to all, inshallah
1: as alaykum, Sheikh, my husband married another woman and he has been married now for a few months. However, I have three children from him, which is children within our marriage. He does not now want to support the children financially. What do I do in this case, Sheikh?
0: Yeah, uh, of course, un- unfortunately, we live in a country where, uh, you know, the Islamic uh, law does not really apply as such or is not applicable uh, or enforced in any way uh, however you do have recourse to the maintenance courts uh, which you should in fact explore if this is the only way to bring him to to, 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 un- to the understanding that he needs to look after after your kids uh, because it's his kids and of, co- of course the financials is still on on is still his responsibility you know um, and allah says in the quran it is upon the father to provide for, uh, of course, here the ayah refers to the mothers of the children. So the scholars say, if that is the mother of the children, the child is obviously more worthy of that nafaqa than the mother herself. So she should, uh, of course, enforce this and do whatever you need to do. Of course, we try to speak to people and we give advice. We go to the imam and the sheikh, but he won't be able to enforce anything. He can only give good nasiha. That's all that he can give. So you need to think of what other legal steps can you actually take. And as I said, you can go to the maintenance courts and they could actually assist you in bringing this person to the understanding that he needs to obviously um, look out for his kids. Even though the marriage uh, did not work out, his children will remain his responsibility.
1: Jazakallah Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I need advice regards, regarding a husband that refuses to pay his wife's hospital bill, Sheikh.
0: Yeah, this is uh, um, also something which uh, it ties in with what we just said now—the issue of nafaqa uh, with, with, for the children, etc., and also for the wife if there is still a, a marriage in place—and uh, of course uh, um, hospital bills. Uh, if if your wife becomes ill, for example, uh, it wouldn't make sense, you know, to think that you give her all sorts of nafaqa daily. But the moment that she becomes ill, you want nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to be Islamic because where's is the mawadda in the rahmah? You know, where's the love and the mercy which Allah has instilled within the hearts of a married couple? Mm-hmm. So we should obviously be supportive of one another, especially at a time of difficulty. You know, especially at a time of illness. This is not the time now to forsake your your wife. This mm-hmm. is the time that you need to support her, you know. Um now I want to say there are some fiqh sources that actually have this notion uh, where it says that uh, you, you should give nafaka to your wife, but when it comes to medicals, that is not really included within the nafaka. In our legacy, there are some fat books that actually mention this. Mm-hmm. But what I want to say is in the context in which those things were said, in those times, uh, life was much more simpler. There wasn't like very uh, advanced m- uh, means or methods of medication. You know, they used to take, like, home remedies. They used to go to a person who knows about herbs, etc. They never used to have hospitals uh, in the way that we have it today or doctors in the way that we have it today. So, I think when the Fuqaha speak in their books about uh, medical expenses not being included, it's because uh, uh, medically, if somebody had a problem, he would solve it in a very simple way, you know. But in our day and age, obviously, uh, I I believe that your medical um, needs... Is just as important as your other nafaqa, you know. So as you are giving your nafaqa to your wife, etc., for every daily for her daily uh, survival, you also need to look at her in terms of medic medication and so on. If she needs things uh, to 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 enhance her health and so on. But here, I also want to caution: from the wife's perspective, she should also be reasonable as far as the husband's situation is concerned. Okay, so what we find certain wives demand, for example, they demand a health care that is perhaps above the means of the husband. So they want private clinics, you know, Mm. for example, uh, of medications, whilst there may be alternatives. So you should also take into consideration the state of the husband, right? The wife should consider that. So if, for example, uh, the husband cannot really afford medical aid, let's say, Mm. uh, then of course the wife should not demand that uh, she goes to a private hospital or gri- or private facilities if it's going to make difficult upon the husband so this is it's two sides to the coin you know the husband should look out for the wife as i said he should support her but the wife should also be reasonable mm. as far as that is concerned and i believe that medical expenses mm-hmm. are just as important as uh, your normal expenses that must be met by the husband on a daily basis
1: Jazakallah, Sheikh. And we have time for one last question. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Uh, um, a person had two strokes and now is miserable and making everyone around them feel miserable. The person swears and curses and always telling the ones helping that they are not good enough. Kind advice, Sheikh.
0: Yeah, it is a, a situation that we encounter quite a bit um, where a person's health uh, takes its toll or something happen. And yes, of course, this person will be in another frame of mind. And it is a lot to deal with. You know, If a person was healthy all the time, now all of a sudden the person is incapacitated. Mm. Especially after stroke, we know a person cannot do much for themselves you know they cannot uh, sometimes walk by themselves they cannot eat by themselves they cannot speak properly uh, so it's frustration really that is coming out and i think as family members we should try our best you know to to understand the condition that they are in mm-hmm. and we should try to be uh, you know uh, um, sympathetic towards them so if they are swearing and cursing try to understand that they don't mean to do that it's just the frustration that is building up. Mm. And yes, it, I think it can be difficult because it's easier said than done. Easier for me just to say, you know, try to be patient. But I know once you are in the situation, it is quite difficult. But uh, just understand that your reward is, is with Allah. You know, you will have great rewards for looking after this uh, patient uh, who is a family member. Um, so try to make them comfortable. And I think perhaps think of ways and means that you do not up- upset them you know, unnecessarily, where you don't upset the, uh, them unnecessarily, where you don't uh, cause them to become angry. Mm. you know do things that you think they will be more inclined towards uh, and inshallah it's it's still going to be difficult it's still going to be a challenge but i think with the right intentions you know for us to uh, to have the right frame of mind and trying i know people that have alzheimer's also uh, it's an issue they become aggressive mm. you know they, they they you can't deal with them they, because they they very aggressive because of the situation that they are in mm. but i can say with conviction they don't mean to be
1: and then after the time yeah. they don't remember They don't, they don't even remember,
0: yeah. they don't mean to be like that So you need to deal with it in a way that is suitable you know, And keep on making dua for them And try your best to help when them uh, In whatever way you can And inshallah, hopefully Allah will bring ease to you And to the patient as well because of your good intentions Inshallah
1: ta'ala. Inshallah And don't forget to To ask Allah for, for advice Correct. as well You also speak to Allah But unfortunately That's where we have to end um, This show for now We need to break for our Maghrib uh, Adhan Which will be at 18.46 this evening Inshallah Shukran so much for everyone Who participated in the show Of questions and answers And uh, if you have sent through a question Please note that it will be done Next week Inshallah Or the week to follow If we don't have any Outside broadcasts uh, Or stuff But Inshallah uh, if there is a pertinent question, please contact Yasmina Peterson and she'll get it through to us as well, producer for Q&A. Jazakallah Sheikh once again. Until we speak again, all the best and salaams to everyone at home.
0: Jazakumullahu <laughs> khairan to you, Sister Hawa, and to all our listeners. May we be under the protection and uh, sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until we return. as Alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.
1: And from myself, Chawah Solomon, be well, uh, take care, uh, enjoy your weekend, wassalamu alaikum and goodbye for now.